I'm joined now by our next guest for this morning's show. He is a priest since 1969 and he has been a priest in England and America and he is now the retired priest of Labashida in West Clare. So Father Paddy McMahon, it's it's great to have you here. It's good to be here. No, thank you very much now for taking the time to talk to us on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Um, I suppose, Father, we might just start, before we get into your life in the priesthood and, and everything else, just talk to me about your childhood. You were raised in uh, Kildysert in County Clare. Yeah, I come from Kildysert. My father was the the pharmacist there and the man who tested your eyes <laughs> yes, and <laughs> prescribed the glasses for most of the people in West Clare. Yes. And ah, sure, grew up there, went to the school, played football, won the odd game, had a great time. Yes. Many, many friends. Thanks be to God, a lot of them are still alive. And how, and how many siblings? Had you any siblings? Oh, I, I had three sisters and three brothers. So a bu- Sorry, a, two brothers. A busy household, so... Oh, it was a busy house, I yeah, but sure, yeah. you know, everyone was busy. And my mother was in, was a nurse, so she was handy to help my father in the shop, and she was also good to, you know, to know if you were hurt and what to do. Uh, even though, to tell you the truth, she was great for other people's kids, but for us, all she had to say was, ah, you're all right. <laughs> well, sure, that was the typical mother back then, the I typical, suppose. Yes, sure, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So uh, what, at what age then did you go to primary school then? I went to primary school when I was two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and how, how did that, do you know why you... There was were... no one for me to play with at home, so... You were... There was a, another... Uh, between my older brother Brendan and me, there was another uh, child born who who died at more or less at birth. So I had no one to play with, so I went to school. Okay. And uh, at that time, there weren't two too tough about how the age you had to be to go to school so I went to school early and uh, and how how did you manage or I suppose it's a long time ago now but I don't remember you don't remember yeah yeah, yeah yeah no that's okay but um yeah so imagine two and a half years of age god um so do, do you remember your time in secondary school oh, I do yeah what was that like for you oh, going to secondary school boarding in Flannan's at that time, I'll tell you, that was rough going. Was it? That'd be easier to be in jail. You know, it probably would have been easier to be in jail. And explain and, why Why it was... We probably would have been better fed too. Oh, you, we worked hard and we played hard. Yeah. And we weren't fed the best. That mm. was the way it was in Flannins. We did work hard. It was a good school academically. And it was a great school sporting. Even hurling. There weren't too many teams in Ireland that could play against Flannans. You know, they could play against them, but they couldn't win against them too often. My first year, I remember, the uh, the senior team, Hurland team, they went to the All-Ireland, and the football team was beaten in the Munster final. And it was that way, you know. And mm, then yeah. when the results came out of the junior certificate, which they came out every year, the president would come in and say, so-and-so first in Ireland, second, you know, that was the way it was. Yeah. It was really good school, but it was tough going. And what were the teachers like then? Some of them were, some of them were, they were all good teachers, but some were cruel. They yes, were, 
yes. I but suppose I suppose there was there was always them sort of teachers everywhere now, to be fair. Owl at that time. Yeah. And they weren't supposed to hit anyone. The dean was supposed to do all the the giving you slaps and that sort of thing. I know, I know. But I know, there were some some teachers that would were cruel, really. Yeah. I think they thought they had to be that way to frighten us into learning our stuff. And nice is, is, is was Flannan's run? Uh, was it run by the priests? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the diocese. Yeah. Oh, the priests, most of them were very good. Mm. They were handy enough, and of course it was the priests as well that we had as as the uh, football and hurling trainers as yes, well. Yes, 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 yes. And some of those, their reputation went before them. You know that they were good footballers, or great hurlers in their days. So uh, they learned a lot from them. But they were good teachers, and it was a very, very good school. I'm sure it still is, though I haven't been back there for a long, long time. I know, yes, yes, yes. But, um, so come here, you obviously stayed in Flannins till you're leaving cert. Yeah. Um, but before you went to Flannins, or when you went into Flannins, maybe more like, did you always have in the back of your mind that, right, I want to be a priest? What attracted oh, you to... I was going to be a priest. You knew, and, and, knew wh- and why did you want to become a priest? Don't ask me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was just something that I I knew I was going to be, and that was it. Was your you was your family very holy? No, I, I mean we we went to mass every was there, Sunday. Were they religious, like? Yeah, I mean we said, but it was like every every people. I mean, we'd be out as kids, you know, there on the ends road. We had all the. Conways and McMahons and Nagels and uh, and we played every you know we had a great time growing up because it was a crowd of kids, but every evening, the mothers would come out come in to say the rosary, yeah. and we all said the rosary. So so I know. suppose is that is that what in, influenced you to becoming a priest maybe? No, not really. I don't think so. I mean. Caracan uh, was a big influence. Yes, and for you know, for our listeners now that would know where Caracan is, Caracan you know, was the mother house for the the uh, Columban sisters, and you know there during that time you had the nuns coming back and the priests coming back because some of the priests needed care when they came home from being in jail in China and so on. You know, I can remember yes. Bishop Cleary coming home from China. And I can remember serving his first mass uh, there. But it was, you know, we'd go back and uh, we'd help old Father McHugh, I suppose. We were more of a hindrance than anything else. To it. <laughs> but we had a good yeah, time there. Yeah, and yeah. the nuns were great. And they had a big influence, I think, on the whole parish. There you'd have the, the uh, uh, Corpus Christi procession and so on back at Caracan. And uh, the nuns were great. And... Mm. Every house had a collection box for the mission in China. You know, yeah. it was it was a lovely time. Yeah. We had a great time growing up. Yeah. But what influenced me directly or anything to be a priest, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. In ter- uh, so when you left Flannins, then the fact that you knew you wanted to be a priest, where did you go then to train? Well, you see, during the the summer times, I used to go over to England to work on the buildings. My uncle had a building firm there in Coventry. And I'd go over and I'd work for the summer and play football for St. Finbar's. And, uh, you know, you get to know the church in England, mostly Irish people, a lot of great English Catholics as well. 
and that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to go there and uh, and just be a priest with the the people in England there. So I became interested in the Diocese of Birmingham, and when uh, when they asked me in Flanders what I wanted to do, I told them I wanted to be a priest for for the Diocese of Birmingham in England. Uh, so I was persuaded that I should go to to uh, Maynooth because the the education would be very good there and so on. So I went to Maynooth. And then when I'd done my uh, BA, uh, then I discovered that they wanted me to stay and be in the Killaloo Diocese. Yes, so yes, yes. I said, no way. <laughs> you wanted to get out of here. I want, yes, I'd, yes. I'd be teaching for the rest of my life. Yes, yes, yes. So I went off to, to uh, Birmingham to Oscott College. And that's where I did the the rest of the study in theology and canon law and so on, you know, all of that stuff. So how long did you stay then in Maynooth before you moved to finish your studies then in England? I stayed uh, long enough to do an honours degree, which was, I left. I think that we did the, the honours degrees in, in uh, September or October. And it was after I got the results of that, then off I went. Rather than stay and be for Killaloo, I went off to be for, for Birmingham. And I suppose talk to me about the training then, you know, to become a priest. What what is involved when you're in college? How long do you do it for? And you know, well, you'd have to, say if you went to off for to Maynooth for the diocese yeah. Killaloo, you'd you'd have to do a degree of one sort or another. So there are people doing degrees in Irish, in Celtic studies, in English, in philosophy, in history, and so on, you know. I did my degree in Latin and Greek because I enjoyed the the professors. Yes, yes. And it didn't matter. I should maybe have chosen Irish, but it didn't. I chose Latin and Greek, and I had a great time doing it, had fun. You know, when you're not doing it, most people, when they're doing a degree in the university, it's looking forward to the job and how much money they can get for the job they're doing and so on and the qualification they'd have. But as priests doing a degree in English or philosophy, we're never going to really use it, you know, to, to earn our money. So it's more, you have a good time doing it. You can do what you like mm -hmm. without any consideration of how yes, much yes, money you're yes, good, yes, going yes. to so it was fun that way. Yeah. And then later on, when I went to England, that's when you'd have the concentration on. Before that, in Maynooth, it was um, philosophy and the Latin and Greek. Then in England, you'd have theology, dogmatic theology, canon law, scripture, and so on, you know. So how, ma how many years then is it all together? Well... Uh, when I went there, it was supposed to be four years. Okay. Uh, still still a long time, though, you know. Well, it became five for me, you see. Yeah. Because after I'd done the four years there of study, then the bishop, the archbishop, comes in and says, uh, some young priests are thinking that uh, they're leaving too quickly altogether. You need to make sure that you know your stuff and know what's involved before <laughs> yes, you yes, become yes, ordained. Yes, yes, yes. So he added another year and we went out and we were deacons in various parishes throughout the Diocese of Birmingham 
before we were ordained as priests. Yeah, and actually that was going to bring me to my next question. Was there never was there ever an opportunity in college where you got to go out of college and kind of you know act as a oh, priest almost before you were ordained? Oh, you don't act as a priest until you're a priest. Okay. The rest of the time. So it's not even when you're a deacon with the collar and yes, all the rest of it. Yes. You're sort of more like at that time. You were more like a, a tail without a dog to wag it, you know. Yes. Uh, you didn't have what people needed, which was if you were visiting the hospitals to anoint them when they were sick. Yes. To bring them communion. Well, we could do that, but to take a confession for them and anoint them, we couldn't do as deacons, even though we had a collar and all the rest of it and the looks of being a priest. Yes. yes. So anyway, that's... Uh, you look forward to being a priest and actually being able to do the things that only a priest can do. So do you remember the day you were ordained? Yeah, not particularly well. But yeah, it was a grand day. All the people in Kildaisert were there, you know, the the last day. Oh, you, 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 you came home to Kildaisert to be oh, ordained? Yeah. Yes. I was ordained by the bishop yes. in, of Killaloo. Yes. For, uh, bishop, Har- uh, bishop Harty, uh, who had been the, the senior dean in in Maynooth when I was there and it tried to persuade me to stay with Killaloo. <laughs> no, no <laughs> good. No, 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 no. good. Yeah. And some of the lads that I worked with on the buildings in England, yes. they came over for the ordination. So it was great to have those. I never expected them to, you know, to pay up and come over to just to see me being ordained just because they'd worked on the buildings with me there. And I never even knew I didn't think they knew that I was going on to be a priest even. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's always a great time. And after being ordained and going down and having the dinner, old Canon Diamond, who had been my my parish priest when I was a deacon in Coventry, yes. he and my uncle and another, we went off and had a game of golf and left the rest of them at home down in the tech having a great dinner <laughs> and drink. So... <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, going around to all the people that couldn't be there. Yes, of course. To give my first blessing. And yes. and uh, they were all delighted, I say. Oh, they were. They, yeah. You'll have a drink, Father. And sure, most of them never knew what a drink was like, you know. Yes. And they'd fill up a tumbler of whiskey. You've got to have this. And you were half drunk after the first visit. <laughs> so you had to go home to sober up. Then. And they'd give you the cups with the golden rims. Yeah. Sure, your mother never trusted you with a golden rim, but suddenly, because you're a priest, you have all these things that you never got before, the day before even. So, so and after you were ordained, then you you mentioned there about uh, uh, the, the big celebrations. We'll say in Kildaisert, in your your local village there. At what stage then were you were you thrown into the job? In other words, soon afterwards, uh, when I was going down to say mass. On, let's see, I was ordained on a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm. Couldn't tell you which it was now. Yeah. But uh, I was going down to say Mass and the post, postman met me with a, a letter from the Archbishop telling me I was appointed to St. Pat's on Dudley Road <laughs> the following Monday. So the and and you, you probably had no idea where it was? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It was a parish with a, a big hospital. Yes. A big mental hospital, a big geriatric hospital, and of course, Winston Green Jail. Mm. 
Uh, it was a yeah. T- talk to me about that. That must have been a a lot of it was slum territory. Yeah. There, there were four of us priests there. An old priest retired from America, and the parish priest, and another one of myself, and we divided up. You know, one had the the hospital to visit every day, another had the the geriatric hospital to visit every day, another had the I had the prison, and I had the mental hospital that I used to visit. So. It was probably tough going to. I said, that's the fun of it. Yeah. It's not It's not tough going it, when you're enjoying the job you're doing and mm-hmm. uh, and the people you're meeting and the things you're doing. You know, it's great to be able to, to say to somebody who's going to confession, I forgive you. It's great to be able to go into hospital and, uh, and anoint somebody. The prayers are very consoling and they're very powerful. Great to say Mass every day. Mm. It's great to have a crowd who believe the same as you do. Yes. Uh, and love God, love each other. Yeah. So how long were you there then? I was there for about four years, four or five years. Four years. And right. uh, then the, the bishop called me in, the Archbishop, George Patrick Dwyer, called me in. He says, will you go down to Kidderminster for me? The parish priest there, nobody had stayed with him. You're tough enough now, he says, after four years down in St. Pat's and Dudley Road, you go down. So I went down to Kidderminster. And myself and old Father Adams became very good friends. So then there was, a, you know, at that time yes, in England, you had the, well, in England and Ireland, you had the IRA and the bombings and so mm-hmm. on. And it was difficult enough to be Irish, I'll tell you, at that time Yeah, in, yeah. in England. But... Uh, uh, I had been in Windsor Green Jail as the uh, as the chaplain there, and I, the, a new chaplain, a permanent one, had been appointed, who was not in the parish, and uh, he told me about what had happened with the prison. The, you remember the Birmingham bombing, yes, and the Birmingham six who were accused of it, and found guilty, and of course later on found found not, not guilty. Then guilty yes, yes, it. yes. Well, they were in the in the prison and they were beaten up, and the doctor took them the the wardens to court, and they were found not guilty. Mm. And I went to the archbishop and I said, "Listen, you've got to say something. They're your people, you know." And he didn't want to do it, so I said, "I can't stay here, and pray for peace in the North of Ireland." When, when there nothing is yeah, being done yeah, yeah, yeah. here in England to yeah. bring that peace about. So eventually I got permission from him to leave and go to America. So that's how I went to America. So so you 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 said to me here that you went to America in 1976? About then, yeah. 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 And what was it like? You know, the west of America is uh, a different sort of living. You know, it's a... Mm. All the cities are relatively new. The roads, everything. Very built up, so, yeah. No, not really, not that built up. And You get cities like San Francisco. Yes. You know, or Seattle. Older cities. But you've got a lot of new cities. But the roads are wide. There's so much land in America compared to, to Europe. Compared to the east, probably, of America. Mm-hmm. And the cities there. And the cities in the west, and and of course, America is very vast as well. It is huge. Yeah, huge. Uh, And then, uh, 
living where I was up in, in Washington State, I was in rural territory most of the time, uh, out with the wheat farmers. Eastern Washington is uh, one of the great wheat producers of the world. You know, it really is. The two top wheat producing counties in America are both in Washington State. Lincoln County would be the second biggest, Whitman County. You've got great land in, say, south southeast Washington State and there on the Idaho border where you have the Palouse. Really great land for growing deep, deep dirt, deep earth. And the the temperature, the the whole climate is right for growing wheat. And you see the, the farmers. So you've got big wheat and you've got then a lot of land that isn't suitable for growing, for being cultivated in any way. Yes. And so there you'll have trees growing or you'll have cattle. And a, f- a rancher there would commonly have maybe, there most of the ranchers in, that were in my parish would have three or four or five hundred head of cows you never have to keep them in. Even when the, the winter's right now, you'd have maybe six, seven inches of snow on the ground where my parish is or wow. was wow. already. And it'll be more by by Christmas time. You'll have a couple of feet of snow yeah, in yeah, everybody's yeah. backyard yeah. and covering the, the winter heat to keep it safe from the cold. So there are people who, who work hard uh, and who are very independent extremely independent but there are also people who uh, have a bit of the old pioneer spirit in them so most of them would have guns guns for shooting game almost every uh, a lot of people would have their deer shot Mm. for the year and a deer provides a fair share of meat Mm. if tis a, a an elk it's really good meat. If tis a, a white tail or a muley deer, well, maybe not great meat, but it's good for mixing in, you know. Yes, yes, so yes, yes, yes. They, they'd have, and it's great fishing. I would eat fish maybe four times a week, fish that I had caught. Uh, I'd, I'd always have my fishing license, and I'd go fishing at least once a week, and I'd catch my my limit of fish. Here in Ireland, you can't go fishing in a lot of places. And it just isn't well run as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and in what way, like? Well, where can I take kids out for fishing and guarantee that they're going to catch fish? Yeah. Say, every year, one of the things for the servers, they'd have a day out every year. Well, I was going to be a day out fishing. So the men would get, well, a lot of us had boats. Yes. And take the boats down to the river, down to the to the lake, have the, the rods for the kids to go fishing, and you could guarantee every kid would catch fish. Every kid would. I guarantee it. So they'd have a good day out. If I took kids out fishing here, they might catch a fish, but to be a big mite. Mm. And 
Uh, and then you go, where can you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a bit, bit different. So, so you saw a lot so in America. Oh yeah. During your forty years there, imagine. Of course, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, can you talk to, Can you like like the the photograph there yes. of Jasper Bechtel with his horses? I'd go with Jasper for the inside of a week every year, go camping up on the Sawtooth Mountains. Yes. And we'd find old trails. We'd enjoy seeing the the game. Once we had to kill a bear up there, they wouldn't leave the camp because the people who had been there before us uh, left food. Instead of taking everything out with them, they left some food around. Well, the deer or the the bear, when they can get food without having to work for it, oh, they're yes, going to stay yes, around. Uh, yes, so. uh, yeah, but yeah. to go riding with Jasper up in the in the mountains was great fun. Yes. Uh, then it had the Indian reservations were not far away. Uh, we had two major Indian reservations in our diocese, the Spokane Reservation and the Colville Confederated Tribes. So this, and they're huge areas of land. And the the Colville, or is it the Spokane? Three million four hundred thousand acres of land. That's a lot of land, and it's not bad land. Unimaginable, unimaginable here, like. Yeah. I suppose it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it probably would. If you be. think so about it, the land here is yeah. is quite small, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we had parishes there. Yes. Uh, you know, you had, say, a lot of people don't realize Seattle is named after an Indian chief, Chief Seattle. Okay. Uh, Spokane. The city, which is the biggest city in eastern Washington state, that's named after the river, the river that goes through it, and the that river is named for the tribe, the Spokans. So, and you've got the Columbia River coming down, and the Great Grand Coulee Dam, but you've got Chief Joseph Dam up in the north. You remember Chief Joseph was the man who led his people on a huge journey. Got half of them killed, to tell you the truth. Came back. He's buried in the graveyard of one of our churches there. One of the churches where I was the pastor. So okay. uh, he was the one who said, war, never, no more. <laughs> so, so so, come here. Just go. Just talk to me about your, 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 your life as a priest over in America. Um, yeah, so you were there for 40 years, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, in terms of religion then, with the people in America... Are they mostly Catholic like here? No, no. So you you've say, di- you've different religions. Oh there. yeah. Say in, in the last parish where I was in Davenport, Davenport is the capital town for the county of Lincoln County. Mm. There you had our church, the Catholic Church, uh, Immaculate Conception. You had the Lutheran Church. You had the Evangelical Lutheran Church. You had the Methodist Church. You had the Congregational Church. Uh, two of those. You had the Seventh Day Adventists. You had the Baptists. You had the Mormons. <laughs> now there were only eighteen hundred people in that town. Yeah. But you had about eighteen churches. Very religious places in America. They really are very religious. Yeah, you wouldn't think it now. And some of them can be, oh, oh, oh yeah, they are. Yeah. 
uh, religion can be misused too. Now, friends, every Thursday morning, I'd go up and say Mass in Harrington, which was a village about 15 miles away from where I lived. Mm. And when I came back on the Thursday morning, there would be the, the Presbyterian minister, the Lutheran minister, big Jim Stern, six foot 11 of him, had to bend his head to come in my front door. <laughs> my God, yeah. Uh, and the Methodist minister, and maybe one or two more. And by the time they came, I'd have the fire lighting. I had a good open fire. And the Jim Stearns would say, have you got the fish ready? They knew I had a lot of smoked uh, smoked trout in my freezer, which I always had 50 or 60 smoked trout. Mm -hmm. And Jim loved the trout. And I had to have him out the night before so that he could have <laughs> smoked trout and crackers. And we'd talk about, the, uh, about how the faith was going in the town. Talk about the differences between us. Talk about the, the what we could do together, what uh, charity we could run. So that when people were coming through, if they were short of money, we'd so, know. So did you get, in the community that you were in America, did you get that great sense of community coming all together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The people were very nice. Not all of them together, no. Some of them yeah. wouldn't touch us Catholics with a 40-foot pole. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, Lord, no. Some of them, Jehovah's Witnesses, thought we weren't going to heaven at all. <laughs> we had no chance in the yeah, world. Yeah, so. yeah. But most were. Most really tried to respond to our Lord's prayer that we pray that we'd be one so that the world would believe. Yeah, so, it was a very interesting time. So, uh, I suppose, moving on then from America... You returned to Ireland. Yeah, after I was saying Mass one morning and bang, my heart goes. I clunk, I hit the ground. Oh, God. So uh, a lot of my heart was damaged. I hadn't taken proper care of it, I suppose. So You were very lucky. You were very lucky. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not, that morning I had a doctor and three nurses at Mass <laughs> It was just yeah. during the week, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Weekly mass, so, uh, so I got some treatment, but I couldn't do the job that that needed to be done. You know, so unfortunately. So that's what made you return home then. That's why I came home. Yeah, yeah. And when you came home, then you were priest then in Bridgetown. That's right. Yeah, for a while I was there in Bridgetown for a few years. Uh, that's where, you know, you can't just stop being a priest. I couldn't anyway. Yes. You yes. Need to, go and help out somewhere or other. So to be able to say Mass and do that. And did you enjoy your time in Bridgetown? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, mind you, don't tell anyone, but uh, there's a <laughs> well, difference. You, you are on the radio There's now, a so. difference between East Clare and West Clare, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, and I Support your own. <laughs> not, not so much support. Yeah. yeah. There's something about West Clare. Yes, 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 yes. If you're born in it, it's hard to leave it. Yes, and yes. I was glad when the bishop could come back here. And, you know, the house is perfect here and everything, you know. Yes. Not that it wasn't perfect over in Bridgetown. It was. And they were lovely people. Some of the finest people you'll ever meet anywhere mm -hmm. are there in, in Bridgetown. I suppose, I'm just a little conscious of time now, but um, talk to me about the Catholic Church overall. I suppose in Ireland and all around the world, 
we know that it's struggling. So where do you see it now in the future? That's a strange thing to ask. Uh, you know, the, the way you put it, you know that it's struggling. The church has always struggled. You know, whether you like the reading this morning, St. John, uh, the Apocalypse, talking about how the people had lost their first love. They weren't hot or they weren't cold. They were lukewarm and they made him sick to his stomach. Mm. Well, a bit of that is here in Ireland at the moment. Mm. Uh, they've lost their first love. Maybe got into loving other things, loving the material wealth that they have now. We're one of the richest countries in the whole world. Uh, and yet we have the poor mouth on us all the time. Oh, we should have this, that and the other thing and have it free if possible. Uh, I'd say uh, the church in Ireland, in that sense, as long as you understand what the church is, the church is the people. It's not that building outside there. It's the people. And when the people, when there's weakness in the people, then the church is weak. Uh, the thing that a lot of people like to do is think of the church as the bishops and the priests and, and blame and them. They are, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's not the church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the church is all that shower who knock on the mat, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So until no, but what I what I'm saying is, uh, we know that there is shortage of priests, especially in rural Ireland. So how can we solve that problem? Do, now, do, just, just do you think that uh, we should change? We'll say I, I suppose the rules really in a way that maybe we should allow women to become priests. No way. <laughs> So you disagree? I do disagree. Yes, I do disagree with that. Well, would would that not would that not you know I I suppose there's many women that would love to become priests. Oh, there's lots of people who'd love to be. And priests. would that not solve the problem of of no, the shortage of priests? No, no, no. Uh, there are lots of other things first. And people think of the Catholic Church. The only experience they've had of it is the Catholic Church here in Ireland. Yeah, that's not the church. That's not the the whole church. The Catholic Church has, I think, it's twenty six different rites. Uh, many of whom have married clergy. Some of whom you can't be a priest unless you're married. So th there's things about getting rid of the celibacy law for being a priest. Mm -hmm. Fine with me. I'd have no problem with that. Uh, but I became a priest and a celibate. Uh, but I don't see celibacy as necessary for priesthood. So I suppose, let me put this question to you. D do you think priests should be allowed to marry? No. Not the ones who have already made their made their promise, no. Okay. But to have a married clergy, do I see it? No problem. Mm -hmm. So that... You know, you have. So I suppose, how do how do we solve this problem of, of, of shortage of priests and everything like that? Well, that's up to the leaders of the church, but there are lots of examples. You think of a few days ago uh, in the readings, we had a reading from St. Paul's letter to Titus. Mm. And he tells Titus, I left you there in, in Crete to organize the church. It says, so go around to the different places and pick out the men that should be the leaders of the community, the priests, the presbyters. That's what we, that's what he did. He went round and he picked them out. And he says, okay, you'll be the priest here and you'll be the priest there. 
Imagine the bishop coming round to Labashida and said to one of them on Sunday, now you'll be the priest. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, have, I had a friend of mine who was a bishop, Maronite right bishop out in Lebanon. And he was telling me about when uh, his one of his priests died up in the mountain village. I said, what you do? He says, I went up there and I, we started the mass for the priest who had died. And then I told the people, now I want you to suggest three men to me who are going to be your new priest. And we'll go and have dinner and you can present them to me afterwards. So they did. Then came back and finished the Mass. And uh, three men were put forward. All of them married. They had to be married. And uh, he asked the, the, the wives, were they willing that the men should maybe have to give up their job and so on. They were, so uh, he told me come back uh, after a couple of weeks and tell him which one he had chosen. He actually chose the the village uh, uh, cobbler, the shoemaker in the village. He became their priest. And then for some weeks he'd go into the bishop and learn his faith, learn how to do, how to say Mass, how to hear confessions, how to do all of these things and to have a greater understanding of it as well. Yeah. That was the way they did it there, yeah. or they do it there. Yeah. There's lots of ways that the, uh, that our, our rite, the Latin rite, is the biggest rite in the Catholic Church. But uh, there's no reason that we should stick with the ways that we've done it, even though they were very successful in general, when you could have a man who wasn't tied down with marriage and children and so on, you could move him wherever you needed him. Uh, so do, do you change. think do you think the lay people should be allowed to get more involved in the the, 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 the mass itself? You put that wrong. Uh, the people in Ireland don't get involved. Uh, my people in America would be would be far more involved. In, in what in, way now? Music uh, or, you know, just... Uh, as Eucharistic ministers. Oh, Eucharistic Taking ministers. communion okay. home to the people. Okay. As I never touched a cent yeah. on my time as a, a priest. I never touched a dollar. Mm. Never had to count it. Never had to bank it. Never had to sign a check. The people did that. Uh, the... They ran so many things that people look to the priests to be running here. Mm -hmm. So can we change it here? Of course you can. A lot of the a lot of the, the ways that we have of doing things are not part of our faith. They're just part of how we do things to suit us mm -hmm. and to get it done well. Mm -hmm. So like I say, to have priesthood that wasn't tied down by family ties, they could be moved. The Latin Church has done more in terms of, of uh, missionary work than any other branch of the church. You know, we, we've done an awful lot of missionary work. Mm -hmm. That's why probably we're the biggest uh, right within the church, uh, because men could be moved. Well, if you have a man who has a family, the other thing is we're cheap. We're cheap to keep. You know, if you, if a man has a family and so on, he's got to pay for them and 
yes, feed them and yes, clothe them yes, and all the rest of it. Yes. So a married clergy costs a heck of a lot more. And I'm not too sure that the people in Ireland are willing to pay for it too, you know. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, we, we, we could talk about that all day, really, because it is, it is, a, it is a problem, really, you know. Um, but in, in saying that, I, I suppose I would, I'm just conscious of time here now. Um, you're, you're now retired uh, and you're, you're still saying Mass in La Bushida. And uh, I suppose I want to I want to ask you what what are you enjoying your time here now in Labashida? Oh, What's li- life like for you now? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to be doing more. I would. One of the things that I had in America was, I'd have classes every year for people who wanted to learn more about their faith or who wanted to learn about the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I had converts to every year that I was a priest until I came back to Ireland. And that's a, when you're, when you're teaching somebody, you're learning an awful lot. Yes, yes. I'd I'd have two scripture classes every week and I had to learn, you know, I had to read so much on commentaries and learn it and so on, you know. Mm -hmm. So I had more fun and I knew an awful lot more. Very good. So listen, Father Paddy. We I know we could talk all day, yeah. but um, it was you were very interesting, and I have to say thank you so much for for taking the time to do the interview with me, and it was great seeing you. You're more than welcome, and I hope to God I don't send anybody <laughs> off. So. No, thanks very much, Father Paddy. Thank you very much. Yeah.